This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 847, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Johnson Avenue in San Luis Obispo and I'm five years old or six maybe and indications that there's something wrong with our new house trip down the wire twice daily I'm in the living room watching the Watergate hearings while my stepfather yells at my mother launches a glass across the room hello welcome to my fanboy pick a week episode 847 my name is Connor Kilpatrick this is my co-host Josh Flanagan hey hey sup it's time to get up and have some fun woohoo <laughs> You've known me for how many years? I mean, like a long time. Yeah, I've never been a woohoo person. You're a club guy. You're a guy who <laughs> likes to go to the club. I like to and... take a balloon and tie it around my head. I'm half shirts, uh, glow sticks, n- nipple painting. Yeah, the, the yeah. I just want to clarify for the for the for the uh, conspiracy theorists out there. We're not joking about this, having fun on the show. We just had a very deep conversation about life right before the podcast, so we are now having to pivot. We're pivoting to more lighter fare. So uh, It was like, get it all out. Oh, every, everything's awful. And then like a systematic uh, uh, deconstruction of how everything is awful and how it happened and how there's no way out. And then we're like, fuck it, let's do the show. Yeah, so And so this is the other part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. Now it's time. this this is the glow sticks and MDMA part of our, our week. <laughs> so we are now, a lot of people know those as like real things in their lives, and I know them as punchlines. Exactly. We are a fanboy and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us. What? By the way, the bunch of comics part. Where are all the comics? Well, I have a bone to pick with you, pal. All right. Well, let me let me get through the script part, and we can get to that. Uh, we'll talk about those books, talk about the other books from the week, the patron pick, the listener mail if we have time, and here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. Exercise some caution. This week, Josh had the pick, and so here's the bone. So two weeks ago two weeks ago was the fifth week, and it was a tiny week. Last week was still pretty small. This week, I had, I, ended up, I thought I had 11. I ended up with 13 books, which is still a small week for me. I usually have 10 more. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I've had three sub 15 books uh which is sort of my like dividing line between like a small and like a medium week you said to me small weeks only 11 books and that put a thing in my mind hey man don't worry about it it's cool (laughs) and then tuesday wednesday comes along and i didn't make a list this week because in fact when you say there's not a lot of books i'm like i don't need to worry about it too much and i i get the uh the marvel dc books and there was like six or seven it wasn't too many Mm mm-hmm and then I start adding it up. Like Wednesday night, I start adding it up, and I had to. I went somewhere Wednesday night, so I lost Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was like, "Wait a minute!" All the other publishers, like the ratio was way off. Normally, mm-hmm. it's like Marvel DC are two thirds, and then everybody else yeah. is like a third. And it was the it was reversed this week. And I kept finding new books I had to get. And then there was two books that I had missed this last issue of. So I ended up with like nineteen books. Well, the two books that's your fault. You uh, did this to me like two weeks ago too. <laughs> it happened again, and I'm not listening to you anymore. That's what I. What learned. you need to do is ma- just look at the list on Monday. Then you'll know if I'm telling the truth or not. I know, but you're a very regimented person, and I'm not. I okay. I, I I am bad at time management. Personal time I like management. To, I like to plan my week and know what's coming. I know you do. Anyway, what's the pick of the week? 
pick of the week, <laughs> pick of the week is Captain Marvel number one seventy five. Get a glow stick and calm down. <laughs> is that the secret? Yes, glow sticks. If you had more glow you sticks in your life, could, do you ever think about how toxic the ingredients in glow sticks are? Like that somewhere in the ocean is just like a billion tons of glow sticks that are never going anywhere. This conversation was better suited for before the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I go. See that show, Josh. And I don't like, think about that. I just think about the glow. Sad, sad liberal Josh. <laughs> Captain Marvel one seventy five. Yeah, this is one of those picks um, where I I I got back and I I enjoyed my books. I had to mm-hmm. read a lot of them, but for the most part, it did not feel like a slog. Even the ones like when you were like, oh, I missed this. I had to add this later. Um, I, I did. I enjoyed my books, but it was not a standout kind of week. But what I did remember is while I was reading Captain Marvel this week, I just thought, you know, we're at the 41st issue of this run. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's just yeah, a this good. Is the, this is the final issue of this particular arc, which has been fun. Right. Uh, you know. And and I like I said I I jumped in here just in the twenties at some point, mm-hmm. and and picked it up like nothing you know just like, like you're supposed to do, like like comics used to be, you know I didn't have to go back and read six trades I knew who the character was I knew the rest of it, you know I don't still understand who binary is or what it's about but I it doesn't <laughs> matter, and mm-hmm. it feels it feels great it's uh it's pretty much an all female cast yeah um which is just apparent it is the thing that it is, but it isn't constantly telling me that that's what's happening. Look at what we're doing here. It's just great characters who have great relationships with each other and are all interesting and, and, and diverse from one another. Um, and it does, it has a different feel than like a, like a, you know, Captain America and Bucky being all tough with, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's good. It's, it's interesting. It's given me a little bit of that same feeling that I, that I enjoyed from the spider woman book is Jessica Drew is of course in here. Um, I really like this supporting cast that has been assembled around Carol Danvers. Just to the extent that she's basically been away in some magic construct where the magic people are testing her because yeah. of stuff that... Ha- I mean, again, this is one of those really cool things is that we are reading about the consequences of things that happened in earlier issues that I didn't read. And it totally works. Like, I, I, and I don't know how many times... Like, for, this is one of those books that you could just be like... You could jump on it and go, oh, that was fun. And you don't, you could go back and read everything before, but you don't have to. So anyway, so Carol is off doing this thing, although she comes back in this issue, but all the other characters, so you've got Binary and um, the, the the Huser Cree woman, who's, I guess, Carol's sister now, yep. you know, and they have a little adventure together. And, you know, there's, there's for some reason, there's always giant monsters in the <laughs> background of this book. And I like that. I, you know, like that's such a Marvel thing to have mm-hmm. giant monsters running around New York city. Uh, then at the same time you have this sort of little council of magic elders, you know, and it's a little silly because they basically totally. put Carol on trial, but like who is there is Agatha Harkness, who is always sort of a gray Kara character, except in the MCU where she's, you know, the lovely Catherine. She's Hawk. more gray in MCU than she is. She's usually, it doesn't matter. I thought she was like I feel like she was evil in MCU, and in yeah, this, she was, but she's not really evil in, in this in the Marvel right. universe. I, in the Marvel, I don't think of her as evil. She's she's a, a, a different thing, like yeah. Stick. She's yeah. like Stick. Um, you magic know, Doctor Doctor Voodoo is there, and uh, Magic, who I don't really know because it's an X Men thing that started in the nineties. I don't understand it. And Scarlet Witch. So like you know these characters, and, and a guy in a witch hat who you don't understand, <laughs> which is funny. 
uh, you know, and they're just discussing all of the things that happen, and it's it's like it's like a real moral discourse on magic users, which is completely fake. There's like almost no parallel. I, I guess there is. There's some sort of people with power or whatever, you know. But if I look at these pages, they're just chock full of word balloons of people talking, and I did not notice it. Kelly yeah. Thompson is great with character interactions and dialogue and i think she's gotten really good at, at still making them feel like superhero books with stuff going on and this is the one for gary art right this part yeah no, it looked great yeah beautiful um you know i just in a very short order i think i find myself enjoying being with these characters and and in, in liking their relationships with each other and like you want them all to get back together and go on an adventure together and at the end of it binary's like i gotta go <laughs> and you're like but don't go <laughs> and that's yeah, how I mean, they feel I mean, I've I've read every every issue of this run, and the only negative I have to say is that the binary story is almost exactly the same as the Cree sister story. But it's been fine because they're all they're all really charmingly written. Right. I can see why they'd send her off just simply because there's a lot of characters now, and it's yeah. you know it's it's becomes a team book at that point. Um, I'm not excited about the next issue being an AX Axe tie-in because I'm not reading any of those books. But well, we um, don't have Spider-Man on the list, right? Yeah, they're, like, they're the a bunch of comics this? tying into AXE. Uh, I enjoyed Hazmat's bit where she's in the middle of eating a taco, very dangerously eating a taco, by the way. Uh, not really prepared if any of those ingredients fall out. But. Well, hold on, though. Well, yeah, I see what you're... Well, because well, here's why. If, I'm sorry, we obviously it's overloaded. have to do this. It's overloaded. No, no, in the first panel uh, on page... Um, page 10 page 10 she's double fisting tacos <laughs> i mean that's great i appreciate it i, and I applaud she's, it she's double fisting tacos and then somewhere between oh, panels, right. did... panels three oh, and she four, ate it she, she eats it in her full, mouth she eats a full taco <laughs> mid-conversation and i mean honestly you can see her cheek her cheeks are bulging out she yep. she's like sort of licking her fingertips in the fourth fifth panel so she right. yeah she stuffed an entire taco in her mouth during this conversation with and the with way the, of the, the taco hold it's a big taco know, too they're not small yeah no they, they are yeah it, it is a dangerous way but it's not it's not silly the thing they is look that, like, like tacos they have the like a weight that last panel it looks chalupa like pizza pizza is the perfect walking through new york city food like you mm-hmm. can hold it in one hand and eat it taco is more dangerous because it's got a lot of ingredients that could fall out you want those on a plate I, mean, I, mean, I eat a lot of street tacos in LA. I know, you know, you can't just start walking around double fisted tacos. You'll get stuff everywhere. Right. But this is, we're talking about a superhero. She's a nuclear being. Right. Or no, like a poison. Like, I mean, I gotta respect her. I yep. don't think she's coming from a place of ignorance. I think she's like, well, this, this, this taco business has to happen and this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm just going to take that risk. And I don't know how you can't respect that. Mm. She mm-hmm. had to, the fact that she was double fisting and then ate an entire taco. I forgot about I, that part. I didn't. I think I might have a new top five character. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then they brought her along, and she was not needed at all. She's like, "Well, I was eating tacos. I could have been still eating tacos." Then <laughs> you called I've, me. I feel like it's pretty self-referential. I don't know. Like if I was to put this on paper and you were to sort of lay out the elements of what happens on each of these pages and what the people are doing. I don't think it'd be very good, but it is written in such a way that I just, I just really enjoy it. And like, it has become one of those books that when it comes out, I, like, a, I am annoyed I stopped reading it for some reason. But B, I just, I'm like, oh, great, this is going to be good. This is going to be, you know, like the same way I feel when Usagi Ojimbo comes out. Or, yeah, I mean, the thing is, anytime you, you have a writer who knows the characters and writes them very well, and uh, you know, it's, it's no matter what or, or kind like, of silly situation you put him in, it's going to be fine. <laughs> There's just this, like, it's got, I'm looking at page, 
nine and it's after they just see that carol has come back and and jess is pulling her cheeks to see if it's really her and it's charmingly drawn and it's Mm -hmm. like it's just i don't know like it's it's light and heavy at all the same time uh and you know it's i I hope it keeps going for a while i hope that this little axe thing just uh, is a blip and then we can keep going yeah well yeah it's just a time issue i mean i'll i guess i'll read it i don't know I guess I've read all the other. I'll issues. probably read it. What the heck, you know? It could be some moments in it. And but um, uh, Alvaro Lopez has been drawn a lot of these issues. Is a terrific, you know, Marvel superhero artist. Does great character work. Does great action. And then the the one for Gary, magic stuff. I've just been in love with. That. I mean, this arc. Even though this arc, I've had minor, minor, minor problems with. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and the art, the art's been terrific. And Scarlet Witch has been great in these. The acting has. Carol's defense attorney in this magic trial. She's I don't even remember why she's under the magic trial, but because uh, she killed the enchantress's son. Oh right, Ova. That was a great. That was a great arc. Right. I think arc. I read the very end of that. Actually, yeah. I think that's when I came on. And enchantress um, has brought her up for magic charges because she she tram traveled and killed her son. And... You're not supposed to kill a magic person, or do you like whatever it is? And and Says then at who? the end, like Carol's these five people, six people, whatever. <laughs> and at the end, you know, Carol. Uh, uh, sort of shows Enchantress like what happened and why she was wrong or whatever, but Enchantress can't get over herself because those people are like, you know, I'll see you again. But I, I was, I think it was a good cap. It, mm-hmm. you know, closed the door on this thing, but it didn't solve the problem entirely. It didn't just shuffle it away. We'll deal with, like we got to here, we'll deal with the other part of when it comes, it gives them something to do later. I do want to point out, and this is probably your pick of the week moment for me. This is when I was like, oh, this is great. And I didn't send you this page because I wanted to be able to talk about it. Uh, page six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are outside of wherever they were eating sandwiches. A lot of eating in this book. I like that. Um, and uh, the accuser lady is trying to beat up Binary because she's got Carol's face and she thinks it's wrong. And you've got Jess. This is one of my favorite like little things is they have just fought zombies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or gre- green goo zombies that Enchantress created. And you've got Jess holding her one arm back and hanging off her. And I love the scale of that and that kind of move because mm-hmm. um, it's funny but also very physical. And then what happens, and it's just three panels. In the second panel, you see the Godzilla go by. And by the way, it's Godzilla. There's no like, it's Godzilla, like this is Godzilla. Yeah. It walked by in the background, and you don't even notice it. Right. Um, And then is the third panel, they do notice it because it shoots out flame. It's just a great little three-panel sequence. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful. And if you look into that first panel, you got the dead bodies around. In the foreground, on the right corner, there's like a hand of a guy who's lying on the floor. It's just... It's just really nice. Yeah, it's a good, good page. I lo- yeah, it, that to me feels like, like that's the kind of page I like because you don't notice the monster in the background on the second panel until you see it do a thing and they, they recognize it. They have a Hellboy moment. Ah, crap. You know, like it's, uh, it was a good yeah. issue. It was, it, it it just, was, it was a issue. strong issue of a book that makes me happy, you know, um, and, and I was happy to have it. Yeah. It's your pick. Good job. Did, did you read True Cult number two? No, I didn't read it. You read, read the first one? No. Okay, I thought you did. I'm sorry. No, you read it. I didn't read it. <laughs> there was just a little edge there. No, no, I'm just saying no, you, you talked you about the show. It. I hadn't read it, and that's fine. I, uh, I, I, I found the first issue to be pretty enjoyable, but also really intriguing, because the one thing it does have going for it is that I don't, I have, I've never read a comic book like this. I have no. There's a guy, and he's a long-term employee of the the Burger Lord uh, chain. Oh right, and, yes, yes, yes. And he gets stuck in this job, and and he comes up with this brilliant plan that he is going to 
uh, very efficiently and effectively rob all the stores in the nearby strip mall during his break right. and escape scot-free, um, except something goes wrong. And he almost made it work. You know, He's like really smart. It's like a Clerks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Clerks 1. Apparently, there are other movies after it, but that's like Jaws. <laughs> um, <laughs> every time they dip back in, it kills the, the idea. Um, the dream is dead. The dream, the dream is over. What have you done? The dream um, of the 90s is dead. Uh, uh, anyway, so, and then, of course, the thing goes wrong at the end. He gets kidnapped and put in the back of a, a car. And at the same time, there's this woman who shows up, this girl, and she's trying to get a job at Burger Lord. And she talks. Uh, so they, the beginning of this issue starts as they're put in the back of a truck or a van and captured by these people who turn out to be a satanic cult. Um, and they stole, they had something stolen from them inadvertently in his robberies. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, the, like, the pages are, many of the pages are black with only word balloons. And it's the girl talking about her experiences uh, and questions about working in this fast food establishment at great length and detail. <laughs> and it sounds like it would be, um, you know, tedious, but it's really funny. She's like, so how often do you change the grease traps? Because I find that if you change the grease traps this way, listen, are your shake machines broken every day or every other day? Because that's always a thing and they never, like, it goes on and on and on. And either they're very good at thinking up things or there's some sort of experience. They talk to somebody because it is really, uh, it is is really authentic and on point and it's very funny. Um, And then at the same time, you've got the dialogue of the guy who's trying to figure out what's going on and then the cultists who are taking him somewhere and won't tell them anything it's i i have i have no idea you know you read a book and you go, i know what this is. i have no idea what this book is there is so far no supernatural right. of any kind they seem to be the cultists seem to be crazy people um and i the, there was a point in the middle of it and i was like this writing the actual like the dialogue not just the girl that i was talking about but everything i was like this writing is very strong this is not I don't know uh, Scott Brian Wilson. I don't know who he is, but the actual text, the prose of the thing, just really sung. Mm. Uh, and and you know the art was fine. It did, like some pages are fine, and other pages are like not quite there. Uh, IDW. IDW. Um, yeah, there you go. I, That's why. Yeah, no, I get that, but but uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that on the next book. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it, I mean, literally, I, I have a hard time explaining why. But you know, you just read writing. You read prose, and you go, "Oh wow, they they've got a voice. They have a Scott thing." Scott Brian Wilson is a TV writer. Okay, well, he, he's he's good, and I think I, that really hooked me in this one. I, I really like this book, and it, from out of nowhere, I don't know why there's a V instead of a U. I don't like that, but <laughs> I at all because um, I want to say it's Trukvilt, um, which is Yiddish, I think, right. for cult. Um, I, you know, it's it looks like a book that doesn't have a ton of money uh, for the art team, but it the does co- the, the job. The covers are good. Yeah, well, that's that's where you put the money now, so people <laughs> buy them. Um, I, I I really dug it. I I'm you know this is the kind of thing that you know like a Vertigo book would have done in the early two thousands for a few issues. It would have looked probably a little bit better, but um, you know, one of those strange little books that comes and goes, and you don't really think about it. We really enjoyed it at the time being. I actually really like the art in dark space wildfire except for one aspect of it but yeah uh i was never going to read this book until you talked about it on the show because the title is awful and scott snyder you just so, lose dark spaces and you call it wildfire right. then dark spaces wildfire uh i think the, dark spaces is supposed to be like his 
imprint or you know, like the well, Joe it's Hill. Not a, it's not a good title because for when you've got a guy who's known for horror, um, you call a book Dark Spaces Wildfire. I'm assuming it's a horror book, whereas sure. this is just a pure, at this point, just a pure crime story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would never have read this, but you talked about it. I said, oh, shit, that sounds awesome. So I read one uh, I don't know, last week, and I read two and three this week. And this is great. This is one of the best things that Scott Scott has written in a long time. Yeah. This is really compelling. It's the story of these five firefighters in California who are, you know, people, you, you talked about this before, people may not know that a lot of the wildfires being fought in California are fought by convicts. Yeah. Which is a whole other issue we don't have time to get into. But here we've got these, these five women from the women's prison who are this unit, this firefighting unit, and one of them has... uh realizes that her boss her old boss's house is near the fire and he's this asshole billionaire who's got tons of crypto and servers there so they're gonna go steal you know with a thumb drive steal billions of dollars of his crypto during the fire and at this point they're in the house and you know inevitably there's something goes wrong they discover a body that he's got a woman dead woman wrapped up in plastic in his wine cellar and and then everything starts going wrong pretty rapidly after that very fast great you know it is really good. Um, I think my, if I had, I'm with you. This isn't going to be a criticism. It's just you, you said that. The, the thing I, I have a little trouble with is I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time telling the characters apart. And, and the book very much assumes that we know them and can tell them apart. Yes. Um, the the one, I this issue, even though I read the, all three issues in like two right. weeks, uh, I kept thinking one of the women was a man. There's uh, a woman with the brown sh- curly hair who is continually drawn with very male characteristics. Well, they all had I don't like know ash a, all of themselves, and it looks like looks like stubble. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a, on purpose or not. But there was one point where, you know, there's a it's page uh, there twenty four on your digital reader, and it's like, is that who is that? Because this looks like a dude. But um, oh, it does. Yeah. But uh, and then like Which the next is, then page twenty seven same thing I was like is there a guy in the crew and I had to go back to the first issue and reread everyone's bio I was like no that's a, that's not a guy I think it's because it looks like facial hair like I yeah. think that's got a lot to do with it I I just there's a it's not too many characters but they they're going so fast like the themes are really strong like Scott Scott will lay his themes out very clearly you know <laughs> what it is that he wants to talk about and like the metaphor here is very clear um you know. But all and all the characters are interesting. It's just that when they talk or when I see them, I I can't remember who's who. And another another reason for that is that the coloring is very, actually, the coloring is thematic. So the coloring is supposed to help you know who they are. I think because the one girl has blue and the other is green mm-hmm. and what. But I I don't know that that's working. It's a, I think it's a really good attempt. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's executed. I don't think it's working exactly right. Um. It's a really interesting book, though. If you were to give me this and tell me that this is Scott Snyder, I would be surprised. But now that, that but that I know it is Scott Snyder, I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely him, but it's it's getting away from the stuff that he's done. And you know, I think you're right about the dark spaces thing. I didn't really think about it in that way. Um, I, I when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, horror book. And then you, you talked about, it, I was like, whoa, it's a crime heist book. Yeah. And at the I, end, there's a big cliffhanger, and you know, the whole the whole thing was he started out saying. You know, there were five bodies discovered at this house, you know. Oh. So now it's like, who's, you know, and there's five firefighters. So you're wondering, are they all going to die? Already, there's already a body there. And I've got a body and we've got four, four guys rushing the house with guns at the end. So 
are they going to be the dead body? Like now, now it's not so clear who's going to survive, who's not going to survive. Mm-hmm. So he's throwing a curveball into everything. I think it, I think that the other thing about the art is, and it doesn't look like Marvel DC mainstream art. It's it's a different kind of thing going on here, and it's maybe a little unpolished, but the uh, layouts are extremely ambitious, mm-hmm. and I think that they are. Uh, overdoing the stylism in a place where they need more clarity. I, th- mm. I think that, you know, they're taking bites, you know, the meals bigger than their stomachs. You know, I think the the storytelling needs to be simplified more. And I wonder to, if that's a script thing, if that's an artist thing. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing it's, it's an artist thing and they went with it because it looks cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Like the layouts look great, but when you read it, I don't know that it translates well. I, I think it, you know, it'd be like if you recorded a song and put in way too many tracks. It's just like, pull those down, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and let us have the thing because it's something really good here, uh, but it's a little bit of work. Yeah. But this is fun. This is also IDW. Yeah. And uh, yeah. if you're, you know, it's, it's a solid Scott Snyder effort and it's an unusual genre, especially these days. So I was happy that it's basically, it's a, let's rob this. And it's an interesting idea, you know, Yes. It's not it was, a new it was idea. An issue. What I mean is like put a heist in the middle of a high stakes environment, you know, like I've, right. Like I watched some terrible movie about a heist during a hurricane. Like you just, you just, you pick a natural disaster and stick a heist in it. It's not a new idea, but it's a, but it's, but it's a press, it's a prescient one right now. That and the, most, the, most the, of the West being on fire and. Right. And the metaphor is very strong. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I think it was in the last issue though. There was a really cool bit where they break into the house and, um, it, the 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 treasure the thing there is a is a giant like mains mains uh server uh, mainframe server like yeah. it's a bunch of computers and it's like there it is and you stick your your uh, thumb drive into it and then you know forty five minutes later the money will be on that yeah and I just a, a fun little uh, you know turn on things it's a whole new world yep but they got to be careful because their thumb drive could be like ten million dollars and then the next day not they sure. got to get that they got to cash that shit out. Midnight Suns, S-U-N-S, number one, um, from Ethan Sachs and Luigi Zagaria. Colors by Antonio Fabella. And uh, <laughs> that's a very Italian back, back line. <laughs> and Joe Sabino there on, on letters. Um, I didn't know what it was. It looked like another dumb cover with a title that didn't mean anything. But I saw Ethan Sachs, and I was like, oh, I'll grab that. And uh, it was pretty high up there in the patron pick voting, but it was not the patron pick. Um, But I actually enjoyed it quite a lot Mm -hmm. because it was the Strange Academy characters, and I like them. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you read it? No, I didn't. What's the pitch for the book? I thought you'd give me a second before while I reacquainted myself. Um, the zombie girl. I mean, it's a strange Academy story, really. The yeah. zombie girl uh, who she wears a thing around her neck that makes her look like a regular girl. Um, yes. And obviously she's got some issues with that. Uh, she sort of has a, a blackout moment where she sees it's almost the same thing that happened in strange Academy, that she is at the center of an apocalyptic event uh, and then she wakes up, and everybody else, all the other magic users, saw the same vision. Okay. So they saw her being part of the end of the world, and you know, it wasn't the people at the school all realized, oh crap, we saw it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Zelda and and Nico and Doctor Voodoo and Blade was there teaching a, a class, um, 
and Agatha Harkness saw it and, and uh, Clea saw it and Dr. Doom saw it. So he's, he shows up at the end. And the idea is that they need to protect the girl because all the other magic users have to stop this thing that happening. So it's, it's, it's kind of what they did because Doyle was supposed to be the guy who brought about the end of the world mm-hmm. in the other book. Or was it the girl? One of them. Um, his girlfriend. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the last volume ended with it being uh, the, the normie was the bad guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they, and they, you know, and then Wolverine is sucked in there for some reason. He's all, you know, the whole time. His magic is terrible. Why am I here? Um, yeah, it's just fun. Is Ethan Sachs, uh, he does a good comic book yarn. Um, I wonder why they're doing this. I don't know. Because it's, I mean, it's like, a, it's like Strange Academy Plus. I think he had a really good handle on the characters, though. It didn't feel terribly different from the people that Scotty Young wrote. Mm-hmm. He art's okay. Uh, I think there's bits of it where at the end, the backgrounds like kind of disappear and suffer. They're just all uh, against like blank walls. Um, it was fun though. You know, like it it was a, it was a trifle. It was a, it was a little moment with characters who were fun and then doom shows up. Like it was no, it's just good old superheroes, you know, the, the magic people and you know, well, Midnight Suns was a team before. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Uh, so this team is what Wolverine, Magic Looks Blade, like. Spirit Rider, and, and Nico from Runaways. Yeah, and they're just, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not super interested in that concept, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not against I wouldn't it. even I wouldn't even put a hard sell on it. But if you had read this because it was the patron pick, you'd been like, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you'd have given it three and a half. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a little thing that happens on the side. Three and a half glow sticks. That's not a good cover. <laughs> no, it's not. That I mean, might have I hurt think, it too. Yeah, no, that's possible. I mean, it's it, it's it's like why is Wolverine there? I was like, well, it's clear why Wolverine's there. <laughs> but I still don't know. Like, does Wolverine really move units anymore? Right. That's what I was going to say. Is it? I mean, there was a time and place where you put Wolverine in the cover and they sold twenty thousand more copies. But I don't know if that's that's the thing anymore. What's funny is that Nico in this is drawn as being like ghostly pale like harley quinn and i was like i don't think she was like that she's gothy isn't she yeah but not like she's not like dead white but in this she is she looks like she's got clown makeup all over her on the cover she she just looks like a human Hmm. i don't remember was she a teacher at the school in scotty's book i don't think so i don't remember that i don't remember yeah so i don't know why she's there Hmm. uh because she's definitely like acting like she was part of the staff um yeah so i it was it was fun i i I enjoyed it i didn't i you know i wasn't gonna read it and then i i saw it was ethan Sachs, and i was like he's written a lot of books i like i don't know he didn't really um move up in the what it's like uh jed mckay took the place that i thought he was going to they decided not to take both of them but they're, they're i find them to be similar uh in their approach this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So I didn't read Masquerade. Masquerade number one was another book that was, uh, this week, we'll get to it, we had five books that were in the running for patron pick. It was a five book race. It was all very close. So uh, that was this basket was one of them, but uh, I did not read it. It's Kevin Smith, you know, and all the baggage that's atten- attendant with that. 
I mean, to me, you know, it was interesting because of that. Like that made me want to sort of see what it was. The and then <laughs> this is gonna be a fun. There's some fun names in this one, by the way. <laughs> Kevin Smith and Andy Macklefresh. Ooh. Uh, wrote it. Uh, he's a TV writer from what I could. And then the art is by John Springlemeyer. <laughs> it's like an 80s <laughs> it's villain. got to be fake names. It's like an 80s college movie villain. Springlemeyer. This is... This is... How do I... The... um, I think the pitch of it is not is not super strong. There's a city that I guess is like Gotham. It was supposed to be the big city on the hill, and now it's, it's not... Um, they call it uh, the Trench, I think, is the city. Uh, Trenchin was supposed to be the next San Francisco, but they call it the Trench. And there's a crime alley. Um, and there's a, there's a girl, and she's an influencer. Uh-huh. And then there's a disgraced news reporter who was fired from his job because he was sleeping with the boss's wife, who was the other one. And then he thinks that everything that the influencer does is stupid, but she has a big new show. But then bad people are getting killed by vigilantes on the street at the same time. It's weird. Mm. It, it's halfway kind of interesting and halfway very childish. Uh, mm. Like there, there's a they're pretty upfront about like the sex and stuff that's going on in the book, which I don't know, for some reason it feels out of place in a lot of comics. Like it's normal stuff you would see in places, but I don't know. It feels like uh, standards on what you do with this stuff changes all over the place. And it, it just felt a little off. I don't, I'm not going to tell you it was bad. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you it was good. I'm not sure what it is. There's something here that's interesting, but there's other parts of it that make me not want to read this at all. And the art, art was the same way. Like there's certain pages where I was like, I do not like this. And there's other stuff where I thought it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to read more, but at least I can tell you it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can't, sit here and tell you like oh this was a piece of shit but i can't tell you it was great and that little conflict is is interesting oh that's kevin smith in a nutshell isn't it kind of and it's to me it is really interesting like we were big fans of the thing that he did for a long time and then just went on a complete reversal but i also don't think he's doing anything different than he's ever done no it's just i'm like our sensibilities moved on in a way that his didn't and i I can't fault him for that no i don't fault him he's got a giant house in the hills I don't even mean that. Like, just as like living your artist life and yeah. doing the thing you're like, he he made it work. That 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 movie he put on his credit card worked out for him, and he got this life. But I don't know that his work is compelling to me as it, it would have been uh, or should have been. But I don't know what this is. I think I'm going to read the next one just so I can see if I can figure it out. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance Eleven. I, this has been one of the oddest books that Rick Remender has done. I thought last issue was the last issue. Mm-hmm. And so this came out. And I was like, "Wait, what?" And then this issue is actually the last issue. This is a grand I fanboy tradition. But uh, Andre Lima Arajo is the artist, and here we've got a time jump ten years later, and the Steve Bannon character has been arrested for something, and he is in in a federal peten- penitentiary in Pennsylvania. That's sort of like minimum minimum security clubhouse. Uh, it's the country club prison. That country you hear club about. prison. There's a pool. There's tennis courts. There's soccer. There's a woman who comes every Tuesday to give him a blowjob. Um, there's good drugs, and he watches movies. Like, it's not that bad. And then, you know, the kid who was the kid in the, in the previous 10 issues is now an adult, and he is, shows up as a guard in the prison and kills him. It was a very much an epilogue issue from the whole... I just don't know that I understand this whole story. I enjoyed the run. Yeah. 
Uh, the art was um, the art was amazing. The, yeah, there was perfect. In, interesting things that happened along the way, but I don't know that I understood what I was supposed to understand about the, about the story. What? Maybe, maybe it was nothing. I don't know. I yeah. I don't. I don't know what it's trying to get at. And in a way, it's it's a little like poetry. Like yeah. I feel like it was left very open, and the sort of ending sequence for this was very strange. Yeah, there were three pages of no dialogue. Well, this whole book has been very unrick in terms of dialogue. Yeah. So one, there's two, three, four, five. The final five pages includes three word balloons. Yeah, and, and I'm not, not sure what they were usually. trying to say. I don't know who the guy in the car was. I don't remember from the beginning. I remember the beginning, uh, uh, Benedict Wong... His mother was in the hospital, yeah, it was all and very then confusing. there were people chasing him. And, but he was also a killer for hire. He was either a killer for hire or, or mistaken for one. Like it was all very confusing. And then he it. ended up. It, I don't remember the middle part at all. He ended up with the boy. He, 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 he lived, lived in that boy. camp for a while. There was right. a camp in the woods. And then the guy came, and they killed the guy. They killed the bad guy, the blonde man. Yeah kind of lost it after that and then they were living a life together and it was how did that last one 10 end did did benedict wong die yes okay right and so this is the he gets the revenge he gets the revenge here and it seems like in the end everything's fucking beautiful he <laughs> smiles he waves his hand out the window we see a tree a bird sing a blue jay singing in a tree he does that thing that people you know where you you wave you do, you do the wave on the as the car's driving with the wind you feel that the air go over yeah. your hand I don't know. I, 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 I don't know about this book. I, I enjoyed reading it. I don't know that I got it. But it, well, it, it was an experience have, that was enjoyable. Right. And that's what you have to ask yourself. Like, what did he maybe, maybe it's on purpose. Maybe he's deconstructing a narrative and it's not so much about what the story is, but like how you feel. You know, like <laughs> he's, he's, the book's about vengeance. It's in the title. And there's these, uh, uh, you know, uh, tone poems uh, in comic book form on vengeance. I don't know. Like at the end, though, the kid gets vengeance and he is happy. Like the vengeance is the satisfaction that he needed to find joy. It's very strange, but I, I don't know what to make of it. But I did enjoy it. I read every one of them. I did. I mean, I like it as an experiment. You know, like yeah, the Rick do something very different. I like yeah. that. Over in Daredevil number six forty one. I know that we've talked about this a lot, and I've been. It's six fifty one. So, okay. Listen, they put a bunch of numbers on there. I get it. I, I appreciate you, fingers. you know, going for it, though. Sure. Uh, or number three, if you want to go that way. Actually, you know what my problem here with 651 is? I can barely see this. That's what's happening there. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's no, it's finally bad. happening. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit in this where Matt is meeting with Cole, who is the cop who's been around since the beginning of this. Maybe yeah. even before. Was he in Mark Wade's run? No, no. Is he it... showed up in Chip's run. Okay, that's fine. Um... I like their relationship and where that character has developed been into. And Matt's on his crusade and he's super arch and serious. Like there's no fun about him at all right now. Mm-hmm. And at first my instinct is to not like it. But as I sort of kept going through this issue, I was like, I am super intrigued. <laughs> I'm really interested. And you know, the art is, is good. It's not, it's not Chichetto, but there's really beautiful stuff where he's leaping around through the city and it's raining cause it's daredevil. Um, there's a bit where he talks to Luke Cage. Luke Cage goes to see 
those the storm uh, winds, the evil rich people from the last one who we thought we were done with. <laughs> and you're like, well, this is interesting. And then everything that happened after that was super interesting. Well, now, now that I remember what happened, I'm, I'm not surprised this is on the rundown. So, yes, yeah, so Matt's whole thing is he and Electra are going to take, <laughs> excuse me, take over the hand. And so he's he's like he's trying to recruit the cop to help because the cop mm-hmm. knows right from wrong. At first, I thought it was Luke Cage because we were we were tight in his face and we didn't see his hair, and he's just a black guy with a beard. And I was like, oh, it's Luke. Nope, that's cool. Uh, so he's, right. he's trying to. He's trying to re, uh, recruit, recruit this guy, and he doesn't really want to get involved with ninja stuff. And uh, he goes to talk to Luke Cage and says, "You know, you're done now. You saved the city from Wilson Fisk. You don't have to be mayor anymore." He's like, "No, I want to be mayor. I want to change the city." And anyway, and that I got a meeting. True, by the way. Yeah. Like I was like, I buy this. Oh, like, for sure. Because his whole thing was cleaning up Harlem. Now he's got a chance to clean up everything else in a different way. And I was like, that totally works. Like oh, at for first, sure. when you're like sense. Luke Cage is mayor, you're like, "Where's this from?" And now I'm like, "I totally get it. It's 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 good." And now he's got a four four a.m. meeting with some important people. Turns out it's the storm winds, and they're all you know flexing their rich people muscle and saying basically, you "Really work for and us really now. fun fun writing on that." Yeah. You know, like making it huge. Like this is the picture of the Earth, just so you have an idea of what we own. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, it was it was you know he, now Luke's got a big problem because these people are very powerful and. And then as we cut back to, to 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 Matt, you know, going on his journey through the city and thinking in his head about the hand and then fighting that girl. Who was the girl? Uh, Aka? I forgot. Who AKA she is. is her name. Uh, um, that's when she, he mentions, and he she tells him the current leader of the hand is the Punisher. And I went, oh, fuck, right. Mm-hmm. And that's, when I, that's now I understand why this is, you know, so this is bringing together the book that you were really enjoying with this book. Yeah, I, I just I loved I liked the, I I just went God I really like that and I yeah. you know I might might have it could it could have had a shot at pick of the week for much the same reason that Captain Marvel was um, mm-hmm. and I also thought as he's he's swinging through the city I was like man this book looks like New York City like they've got it, it doesn't look like you know Toronto that they're using as it um, <laughs> but there's a bit on page twenty one and it's just Matt jumping he's he's going over a bus yeah but he's got his pant his like bloused pants on and I thought his, that looks awesome his ninja pants yeah I've come around on the nin- ninja pants I think they're cool yeah I think he looks really really good and he looks real in a way that that Daredevil like I'm like I don't see him in a skinny tight leotard it doesn't it doesn't jibe with the character the way he's being written and also that um, that scene we talked about this before how he's the most nakedly religious character in comics in mainstream comics right zadarsky's leaning into it and so he has a whole monologue about you know the previous arc with goldie his friend from college who says he's been pulling the strings in matt's life and what does that mean about god because he thought god was doing that and does that mean god has pulled in goldie's strings to pull his strings like it was all very sort of uh determinism russian nesting doll situation right uh which was interesting because no one you know no other superhero has that conversation I gotta say, you know, as we're and I put this in the short section because I thought, well, we've talked about all this before. But as I go through this, like a lot happened in this issue. Yeah. There's four major scenes in this that have impacts. And it's not uh, than twenty pages. Yeah, and it's just and I, you know, it's a run that Chip Zdarsky, man, it gets stronger as he keeps going. Um, and it, it's a real, it's a dare, and it's a daredevil book. Like it feels like daredevil. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's my thing. So those are the books we want to talk about, but at patreon.com slash iFanboy, every patron of the show can vote to add a book to the rundown. And as I said earlier, this week was uh, one of the tightest races we've had in a while in terms of 
there were five books in contention until late in the game and then one book took the lead but for a while it was like there were five books within two votes of each other which is and we talked about most of them just yeah. for the record but this week the winner was batman versus robin number one from mark wade mahmoud asrar jordy belair and steve wands this is a new that's a strong team it's a good team paper. five issue miniseries oversized issues this is like a 40 40 page comic um and i was i you know Initially, not going to read it because it was it's Batman and Damien, and I was like, eh. But the the house ads got me because it's a spinning out of the events of of World's Finest, and I was like, wait, what? Because that book feels very out of continuity. Um, so I was like, oh fuck, and it's Mark Wade, and he's finally back in the DCU proper, and Alfred's in the cover, so I read it. Um, I was going to read it anyway, even if it wasn't Patreon pick. But and this is Osrar doing DC work yes. after a long time at Marvel, yes. so. That, that there was a lot of compelling reasons to read it, and so I read it and I I, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's very Mark Wadey, you know. Like it, it feels lighter than current DC slash Batman stuff. You know, Bruce is a little bit well, lighter, which well, is good. But while still being pretty dark, you know, in yeah. terms of a Batman book, like it's it's. It, I, so I read this first just because it was, feels lighter. What I mean, overall, they come out. You know, DC comes out earlier, and yep. I read this this first. And uh, the whole time I was thinking, what is Connor going to think of this? Because I thought, <laughs> there's no way you can't read it. It's a Mark Wade Batman book. Right. And I know, I just, and I've been reading Robin and really enjoying it. Because I yeah. think at some point, we complained for years, like, that Damien was a problem. Yeah. And I think that they have fixed him to a certain extent. Um, I've really enjoyed the Robin run that uh, Josh Williamson's been doing. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed Damien over with um, John Kent. Um, like they they pushed him over to a certain point, and be, like this does this has something to do with that Josh Williamson stuff, be Lazarus yeah, Island. It, it, and, ties, and it, it comes out of both those books, the, the Robin book and the World's Finest. And book. you know, it, it, they took away the snotty part of his character and really looked into like what is a person who is a combination of these two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. You know, it's he's been being done well lately, and I think this is a this is a logical extension of it to a certain point. Now, it, now what's true is that as soon as we meet Robin in this, uh, something's clearly wrong with him. Some shit's going on, mm-hmm. and maybe I think I th- I think we're gonna find out that it's a ruse or whatever, and they're all playing everybody else or whatever to get to the truth, whatever. But the big moment, of course, and I believe this is in continuity. Yeah, maybe. is that uh, Pennyworth comes home? Well, he was uh, wasn't he resurrected in Robin? I believe so. They they. They alluded to it, but they did not show it. They Lazarus pitted him? I think so. And he's got both of his hands, which is good, and he can make tea again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what I liked the best about this issue was that it, it didn't get too deep into, the, into that. He was just back. He shows, up at the, he shows up at the manor. And Mark Wade was the architect of one of my favorite resurrections, which was Captain America in the, in the 90s when... Red Skull just tossed his dead body into a machine and threw a bunch of levers, pressing buttons, and he came back. And it was like, "There's no explanation necessary. This is this is, you know, this is all. You, this is what you get." And and I, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go into how he's back. He's they threw his body in the Lazarus Should, pit or whatever. He whatever shouldn't happened. have been gone. Right. Yeah. That was a mistake. That was a five G mistake. That shouldn't have happened. But he's back, and that's important because Batman's really been lacking for not having Alfred as a, as a character in the book. Yeah. He's he's unmoored to a certain extent. I do. I, I think it's important to note, by the way, that when he's back, he's got his full tuxedo on. Well, yeah. Now, I don't know where he picked that up along the way. You know, it's raining out. He's been traveling. It's not the best choice, 
but it is what you expect to see. Well, you know how Batman's got like stuff stashed all over the city. I assume the right. same as Alfred has tuxedos all over the world. Do you think that his tuxedos are uh, like high tech in any way? Like they look like normal tuxedos, but are <laughs> they like bulletproof or they should be? Probably not, but you're right. They should be. I think Damien is okay if they turn him into a, a full-fledged sort of gray villain character and not Robin. If he starts stops being Robin, I'm okay with it. As long as he's Robin, then I've got a problem. No matter what, he's going to be Robin. Well, then I then I I'll, I'll never accept him as 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 a character. Then he's he's a terrible Robin. Um, but if they I, if they move him off into being, you know, this other character, then that's fine. But he's a, he's a, he's the he's an awful Robin. I mean, in any, he's a different Robin. You wouldn't want him to be the same Robin because you already have that Robin. And I think in any way, like he's gonna be Batman. Like if you follow this story, I'm not. I don't mean like in continuity or right. in the stories. I'm sure there will be, but like if you follow out the logic of this story, he becomes Batman after after Bruce Wayne. There's no way that doesn't. That's not the end of that story if you're writing that story. So this involves a lot of magic users because the the tie into the world's finest book is that demon they were fighting in the first arc, uh, Nezra. What was that his name? Whatever. Nezra. And so all the magic users are in trouble. You've got uh, Robin has teamed up with uh, the, the the kid who runs the the um, Justice Society genie. Oh, right, yeah. And, uh, uh, Joaquin and, 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 and then... And Tim Hunter, who Tim you Hunter don't expect to see in a Batman book. From the Sandman universe. Um, there they all attack Batman in the cave, and then later on we see Zatanna and other people and Constantine and Swamp Thing are all messed up because all magic users have been attacked by this demon Nezra. So, you know, normally I wouldn't be into a magic story like this, but it it's such a strange Batman story that it, that it works. And, and Mah- the Mahmoud Osrat art was terrific. Oh, he's, he's fantastic, and he's getting better all the time. You know, the first, the fight that happens, they find their way into the Bat Cave and they have the fight there, you know, and the, the, the genie resurrects the dinosaur and they ride the, I was like, all right, that is what's supposed to happen in the magic fight in the Bat Cave. Right. You know, ride that dinosaur around and the, the Robin costume from the case attacks Batman, even though it has hands. So I guess that works. Yeah. I know. Just, just cool. All the, all the costumes shit. attack him. His dad's costume and his old Batman yeah. costume. Oh yeah. All those from the, from the cases. Uh, you know, when you show up, it's funny that you said this was long because clearly it is as I flipped through it, but I did not notice as I was reading no, it. No, no. Um, you know, they go to see Zatanna and uh, like that, what they do with her is scary and awesome and interesting. Like, are you dead? Well, I'm not dead and I'm not alive. And she's hanging and her, her head's over and it's scary. And you go yeah. back to a really awful fight that they had. And um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's not. I wouldn't. Th- you're right. Like on paper, on paper, the team looks great, but the story, yeah, you know, and the, you know, the title is what it is: Batman mm. versus Robin. But there's going to be a twist on that, obviously, at some point. Um, yeah, and Batman is it. separated from his stuff, so he he lays out. He's got like I like that a battering. He's got like lock picks, a one rope. Like he's all he's got left for this for this. He's got, he's got a Swiss Army knife, yeah. some gas belts and explosives, two batterings, rope, five of them. Yeah, and so that's it. He's him and Alfred. That's all they got to to fight this battle. And it was, uh, you know, Mark Wade is. This is where he, he's, you know, he can write anywhere. But yeah, he's been gone from DC for so long. It feels like a very breath of fresh air doing this. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about? I don't know that uh, Dan Didio did this, but you know, w- w- what a waste to not have Mark Wade writing 
these oh, characters. Yeah, no, they, he totally did. They had a falling out, and that's what right. I know, but like, they're, you know, Mark Wade is is not. Um, <laughs> it's not without fault. It's my guess oh, yeah. to a certain extent. He's a, he's a he's a um, volatile personality at times, and I don't I don't think that's speaking out of school. I think he'd probably be like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason, the two of them. But it, it sucks. They, he should have been there all along. He's he's a he's a guiding hand. He's a, you know, he's he's a keystone. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to have around so what's really funny is that he was never someone and i know we need to move on but he's never someone you never really associated with batman yeah he wrote batman but he wasn't like a batman guy he was more of a superman guy but now here you've got him writing two books and both of them are batman so it's interesting Mm -hmm. ratings on batman versus robin number one ratings solid four yeah i'm gonna go four point oh wow two like, did, it ac- did it accomplish what it set out to do? Yes, totally. You know, what was its, in- I think it, it achieved its intention uh, with the thing and, and took advantage of all the, the skilled folks working on it. You'll you know, be to, reading more, reading the whole yeah, issue, absolutely. the whole mini. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, what do the patrons get? If you're a patron at patreon.com slash ifanboy, in addition to voting on the rundown, if you were given the $5 or higher level, get a superpower live on the show, which is one of our favorite things to do. And this week, Josh is doing it. Who's Gary? Your son. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Who's this Gary fellow you're always mentioning? <laughs> if you know what that is, you're old as balls. <laughs> Gary, our patron this week, remembers old movies. No, he, he creates backups. He creates backups of everything mm-hmm. at all times so that things can be... Up. Everything is backed up. All the, like, where'd you find that? I'm not sure, but I've got the backup over here. He's unlimited supply of backups. Only one. He's got the, but he could do a backup of a backup, I guess. But he's, he creates backups. It's a, it's a very useful person to have around. Is it just of files or is it anything? It's anything. So like or, I lost or the my means the means to reproduce a thing. Like he doesn't like like say the Batman's giant dinosaur goes missing. He doesn't have another dinosaur back there, but he has the means to bring him back and have a backup. So I think it'd be funny a, if like you, you like you ripped your favorite shirt and just like he reaches behind his back and pulls out another one. That's also possible. It's it's I think each situation has its own right. uh solution to it. But I, I think and to be fair I do have a shirt that I bought at a Bad Religion show back in uh, March, and uh, and I I was walking around the other day, and I was like, I feel like there's a thread on me, and I couldn't find it, and I looked, and I got home, and I lifted my arm up, and the whole armpit had split, not because I'm fat, but because I'm swole. No, it just had bro- it just ripped, and I would it's like to have a backup of that shirt. Cheap, cheap, cheap merchandise. You know what? I've had other bad religions. I've I got concert shirts that last forever. I think you pay mm-hmm. forty bucks for those goddamn things. It should last. <laughs> I, the shirt is not the problem when I no longer wear it. So Gary backs anything up, which is a very useful power. Sure. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. You can get your superpower live on the show like Gary. Thanks for being a patron. 
Uh, let's do a quick email from Carl. He says, on DC Universe Infinite, I'm reading and enjoying the Human Target series you've been reviewing. However, it got me thinking that right now DC has so many out-of-continuity stories, and even in the main continuity, the multiverse is a cornerstone that it feels very confusing. Isn't that the reason DC did Crisis on Infinite Earths originally? Old guys like us who've been reading comics forever might be able to sort it out and keep track of it, but newer readers must be baffled. Should DC simplify things again? You know how I didn't know who Gary was? Yeah. What are newer readers? <laughs> 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 um, it's sort of the Warner Brothers slash DC corporate mandate, the multiverse. It's a it's a company wide thing, and I'm, I'm just I'm not refuting. I'm just explaining. It's it's a company wide mandate that extends to the films and the TV shows as well as the comics. So it's kind of their ethos right now is 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 the multiverse because that allows them to have a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie and also a, a different kind of Joker in, in a Batman movie and you know et cetera et cetera. Whereas before they would they were very sort of regimented about that stuff. So on the one hand, it's kind of nice that they're being flexible now because they used to be really unflexible as a, as a company. But I don't know. I mean, it, I don't you're know. not wrong. There is a lot of out of continuity stuff, but yeah. I actually just tend to think about that as like, that's how comics are now. You know, at, at the time when Marvel split everything in that they did into miniseries and they renumbered everything that happened, everything became disjointed. I mean, literally, that, that number is a metaphor you know, for like, we're breaking this all up into, into modular pieces. And I think you have to, you're right. Like you wouldn't be able to keep track of it. But then I would ask the question, like, why do you need to for the most part? And it does, it leads to confusing moments for sure. Like in a story in comic books, specifically the, the moment is going to be at the last page when the villain is shown and steps out of that. You're like, wait, who is this? What happened? You know, what is the backstory that plays into this? But a good comic book writer should be able to set all that stuff up. I kind of like it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't dislike it. It, it is when when you have a ostensibly a shared universe, there you need, you kind of need to know what the rules are just to get your yes. footing. And DC has been really bad about that uh, in the last few years. In terms of, we've talked about it a lot on the show. There's being the, the bedrock of DC is being uncertain because of you know they rebooted with the New Fifty Two eleven years ago, and then. They've tried several times since then to sort of make sense of that because it didn't really go the way they, they I guess, planned. And then, you know, then they, now the idea is sort of like anything goes. And that makes it hard um, for readers who like the like the shared universe. But, but also, comics have always had out-of-continuity stuff. Not just I mean, DC, that's the no every, prize. Everybody. That's, every, yeah. that's where it came from. They couldn't keep track of it, and they just – that's the magic button. You know, right? But even like you know, and DC especially, Dark Knight Returns was out of continuity. Like, there's always been, yeah, things that they've done. That's you're, you're right. DC has definitely been. I mean, they had Elseworlds, which yeah. is the word we use for everything else, and it's just there's more of that now. You know, as readers, as people who enjoy stories, I think we're better off for it because if you don't do that, you don't get deceased. You don't get Tom Taylor's right. career. Uh, you don't get Dark Knight Returns. You don't get, you know, or, and it works the other way too. You can be like, they, you know, why'd they bring back the Watchmen, you know, in right. the thing that kind of happened and didn't happen? It doesn't matter. You know, that we used to say this all the time, and I think it still holds true. You make your own continuity. Yeah. And that's what you have to do because, because nothing makes sense and nothing matters. We put that on a shirt and we, I think we lost it as a central tenet of the show, but it's right. important to remember. Yeah. 
when I started reading comics as a kid regularly, it was the eighties and it was, it was, um, it was, it was post crisis when it was like a regular thing for me to read comics. And, but I was reading a lot. I was doing about a pre crisis comics too. And it was just, you had to figure it out. I know kids seem to have a better, a looser, more malleable brain in terms of being able to just go with the flow where adults really need everything to be spelled out and laid out for them. This is something that Grant Grant Morrison talked about in his book, but, um, I don't know that DC has a m- comics of a multiverse problem. I think DC has a foundational problem in which go on people don't seem to n- know who these characters are, and I don't okay. know that DC seems to know who the characters are either. And uh, and Dark Crisis certainly isn't doing anything to sort anything out. No one cares. I mean, that almost feels like it's on purpose. You know, just just uh, you know, anything goes. Right, like this is like who who is Superman? Well, there's two of them. You know how how many Robins are there? There's seven. You know, like uh-huh. it's there that the, 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 that's to me the downside of anything goes is that there's just there's just a lot to sort through. Yeah, but it does let you like then you can let it go and you don't have that feel. I don't know that this helps their publishing efforts, but it doesn't feel like like well I can let this go. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. I, you know, like if you like any of the Robins, you know, then you got a place where you can enjoy them right now. And I think that that's fine. Like, you're kind of making your own way. Um, And, you know, the other thing is, like you were saying, after Crisis, you know, uh, uh, things were a certain way. And I was like, well, that's 40 years ago. Right. So, of course, things are going to change. We live in a completely different world right now. And there's been, like, three reboots or reorganizations of the the continuity. Right. And, I, I mean, it could be said that Marvel usually has, and, you know, we're not, I don't know how much good it does is to compare and contrast them, but Marvel usually has more of a unifying voice, I think, over time. And DC hasn't had a voice for a while. Like, it's hard to pin down the tone of DC, which is the same with the movies compared to, you know, DC versus Marvel. Right. DC Comics really hasn't... I mean... I don't, I don't want to pin it solely on the reboot, but DC really hasn't had a voice since Jeff Johns wasn't stopped being in charge of the books. Or, yep. the, or the main voice behind the books. It's been sort of scattered right. since then. Yeah, I think and you're right. And I don't have a problem. I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a multiverse problem. I mean, even Marvel's embracing the multiverse in their storytelling. It's not. It, I don't think multiverse is, is an issue. I think it's. You can you can do whatever you want when the foundation is strong. When you know where the stories and characters are coming from, then you can sort of run off in any direction as long as you have a base of. These are the characters. This is their history. These are their relationships. Then you can then you can take them in any direction you want. I mean, I th- I think we need to accept that the idea of continuity, as we understood it, as people who read comics in the eighties and nineties, it's over to a certain extent. Like it has, you have to be much more flexible about how you approach these because that's the world we're in now. It's just different now. And even Marvel, which is has different problems than DC. Like Marvel's problem is that. Um, Everything feels disconnected from each from itself. So like, there's it doesn't feel like a shared universe mm-hmm. like it used to because yeah, everything. I agree that, and I think writing for the trade also affected that as well. Mm-hmm. Everything had to be a self contained story, and so there's pluses mm, and minuses to all of these things. But if if you look at just culture in general, you know the the long tail theory, you know, is like that everything is just more pick and choose. You know, like life's a buffet, you know, rather than a catered meal at this point. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take what you want out of the things, you take as much or as little as you want of the thing. You know, the the people who, you know, before there was like two possible meals you could choose, you know, you're gonna have the chicken or the fish. That's over. You know, everybody gets their little bit of what they want and that is extended to every part of life. You know, with, with social media, with streaming television, with you get the thing you want in the way that you want it. And, and it may have absolutely nothing to do with the way that the person next to you is. And you, and you have that choice now. And I think that is extended to the, how comic books are made. And I would never want a comic book world where you couldn't get a book like the human target. Cause it's so terrific. You know, like I want, I want, I want a comics industry where I can have that store that out of continuity DC story. Yeah. And the, and the, and the other side of that or deceased is, or, you know, like it's, or it's, you've got great creators now who have more freedom than they did before to do interesting stories. And Honestly, a, a lot of the problems would be mitigated if they just brought back the Elseworlds button. I don't know why they won't. I, I would love to know why they, that was gotten, why that was really gotten rid of and why they, they won't bring it back. Cause it would it seem like it would solve a lot of people's angst. Yeah, but also, it might have done the opposite though. It might have it might have had people stop reading, not read something because of that. It, it sort of puts a label on something, and they may just not read a story because it's in or out of continuity. And, so and that, 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 that maybe why they didn't read it in the first place. But it's just right. interesting because I remember, you know, uh, they they added they they brought in Black Label, and then they said these are these are out of continuity DC stories, and they've been doing that, but people still don't understand that. Because it doesn't say right. it on the book. Like Elseworlds would say it like the first page. This is out of continuity. But you know, it's people are still tethered to it. And I, I'm to a certain extent, I am. I, I like sure. the shared universe aspect. Of it. I like I like knowing the history of the characters and and how this scene affects things. You know, down the line or before. Like it's just, it's it's a plus to me. But um, it, the problem is when it becomes an anchor. You know, it, it should never be an anchor. It should always be an, a plus to the story, not a minus. I mean, the, the most important thing is to tell an interesting story. Right. Period. And it, for me, that's the thing that is important at the end of the day. Like, that's the thing I care about most. And you know, it's funny because with continuity, I'd be like, I'm so confused sometimes. You know, I don't know the history or whatever. And now I just, it's part and parcel. I'm just, all right, whatever. I'll figure it I out. Think the story's well done. What Carl says, I mean, there is some truth to should DC simplify. And, and the, the problem DC's had, and I think the reason why they're in so much of a mess they're in is because... When they rebooted in 2011, they didn't go far. They didn't actually. They they partially rebooted, and so they they tried to have their cake they, and eat it too. They tried to reboot everyone, make them younger and simplify. But then they wanted to re- continually reference things that happened in the past, and it just it didn't work within the framework they created. It was like, wait, how is Bruce Wayne 30 but had seven Robins and Crisis still happened and Barbara still got shot like by the Joker? Like it didn't make any sense and now you've got a convoluted framework for the universe in which they try they try to make everything simple but they try to keep everything at the same time and that was really the this the original sin of of the reboot in 2011 and that's what they that's haven't right. really fixed since then and i don't i don't i don't i don't i mean i've been reading dark crisis only to just keep an eye on what's happening and in, in the Do you have any idea what's happening I, 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 I pretty much if captain carrot shows up i'm out i don't I just, it and just, it, it's so ineffectual. It leaves my brain immediately. Like, I don't know what's it's, happening. It's not even that I have a problem with Captain Carrot, but he's a symbol that I'm not going to understand what happens next. <laughs> Captain Carrot's there. Oh, I, I got nothing. I'm what? out. Yeah. He's just in the background. It doesn't matter. He's, he's like a, he's like, 
it's the grim hand of death for me understanding a story. Like if you read a story and the Grim Reaper is standing behind you like, okay, I know what's going to happen. These people are going to die. Mm-hmm. When Captain Carrot shows up, I'm not going to be able to keep track of it. So I think, I, think DC does, I think DC does need to figure out what it wants to be and make steps to get there. Whereas it's, it's trying, to be, trying to be everything in continuity doesn't work. Which is nothing would, to do with out of continuity stories, which are great and should never go away. I would say it's very likely that that problem is going to persist until DC as a company knows what it is. You're talking about like an editorial strategy. And I think right now all of that stuff is in so much flux, you know, from the top down. Warner Brothers is yeah. in flux. D, you know, they, they're not going to be able to stick on something because I don't think anybody knows if they're going to be there in a year. And that's been like that for five years. Yeah. It's, it's a conundrum, Carl. It's a conundrum. Contact at ifanboy.com is Carl wrote in. Thanks for writing in to get his email on the show. Um, real quick, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where people support the show. ifanboy.threadless.com is where you buy t-shirts. And actually, there's a sale going on right now. So if you're listening to the show as it comes out, if you enter code TAKE15, T-A-K-E-1-5 at checkout, you get, uh, 15, you get 15% off your order. That is until nine nineteen. So, like I said, it's expiring like basically Monday after the show is released. So, if you listen to the show early and you want to buy a T-shirt, you can fifteen percent off your order right now with code Take fifteen at fmbothreadless.com. fmbothcom slash support is our PayPal tip jar. fmbothcom slash Amazon is our Booksplode books and our general shopping link. And Bookshop.org is who we partnered with for some links. You'll find those on the website as well. So, those are all the ways you can help us. We're long, so I'm flying through this part. But that those are all the ways that we keep the lights on, pay the bills. And all the bills have gone up like everybody else's bills this year. <laughs> I was just doing Yeah, the... we're increasing everyone's Patreons by uh, uh, 30%. <laughs> just doing the books see... last yeah, a couple days ago. You're like, going to oh. see that on your next bill. Oh, oh. So let's quickly talk <laughs> that's about not what's true. coming and let's get out of here. Uh, so last time we mentioned the media split was coming, we actually had to push it a week for dumb reasons. So this week, you're going to get the Media Explode, in which we review the Poseidon Adventure from 1972. This is our Old Men and Old Movies uh, feature. So you'll, we'll hear about that classic disaster film. And then next week... But wait, have, there's more. We're going to have a special edition. And you're going to you're going to be saying what and why, but both of those questions will be answered on the show. Josh and I are going to be discussing uh, Moonfall versus Geostorm special edition. We've only done a few of these... Out of nowhere, special editions in our history of this iFanboy, but this is one of them, and we'll explain on the show. But this week, the Poseidon Adventure, Media Explode, next week, special edition, Moonfall versus Geostorm, and that's going to be in lieu of this month's Talksplode. If you've been following Josh's social media, you know he's got a lot on his plate, and he can't focus on producing the Media Talksplode, which is a very time-intensive thing. And we can do stuff that's fun. And yes. it was like, hey, you want to do this? Yeah. Is there any reason not to? No. Awesome. <laughs> and it was totally worth it, even if it was just for us. That's right. So the next month, there will be a book explode. We'll be talking about Cosmic Odyssey from Jim, Jim Starlin and Mike Mignola. And then Pick League 850 will be happening live, like we do with our live shows. So if you want to watch us record Pick League 850, the three-hour extravaganza That'll be happening live Friday, October 7th, around 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We haven't actually scheduled it yet amongst ourselves, but that's usually when we do it. If you want to get your email on the show, it's an all-email show. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com and put 850 in the subject line, and people have been doing that. Thank you. And as I said last week, the earlier you get in, the better, because we tend to put the emails in the show chronologically. We move them around a little bit if there's thematic things you can move. But for the most part, they're chronological. So if you want to get your email on the show, the best thing to do is get it in early. 
and look forward to doing that and seeing you all there at the in the chat room. And then we mentioned this last week, but we'll mention it one last time. Me and Josh and Ryan all all participated in the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show up against each other. It was a head-to-head matchup between the three of us. And uh, usaquizshow.com is where you can find that show. And it was a lot of fun. It was very close. There was a lot of ball busting. They cut a lot of ball busting out of the show. That's, um, a, that's a mistake. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, was a, it was a good time. So if you want to hear you know, us compete, to me, quiz show. To me, my favorite part was that I, did, I went into a flow state at one point. <laughs> And uh, it's just it was so good. And I, I was so <laughs> mad at you in the final round. I was like, I assume you knew all those answers. I too. did know all those answers. <laughs> hey, we had choices, and you made yours. I I didn't. I was the last pick. I had two mm-hmm. choices. One of them was clearly about music. Anyway, what are we talking about? You'll find that at usaquizshow.com. Oh, I'm still yeah, me. I'll do this part. You've been talking for a while. Right. Uh, you can find all the shows that we've ever done over at ifanboy.com. There's an archive of uh, comic book writing from our, ta- of our staff over the years. Uh, the, the, all the podcasts and stuff that are available are linked there. Um, you know, a uh, hundred explodes, a bunch of explodes, uh, special editions, animated, but it's all there. If there's something you want to watch that you never have, you know, there's probably a show on it that we did. You can find out what the pick of the week is before it comes. This show comes out. You will have read it. You will be ready to go by following at iFanboy on Twitter or at iFanboyComics on Instagram. Connor and I are on Instagram at CS Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. Our YouTube page is YouTube.com slash iFanboy. All the videos are up. Did, did those no, new the, ones get uploaded? No, the two haven't gone up yet. Okay. I just haven't had time. It's fine. In but the last we have week. Them, so. I, I need to do it because this guy's holding them for us on his server. I just need to download them. Uh, okay. Damien from Poland. I'm going to do that very soon and I'll let you know. Um, yeah, so, but, but there's plenty there besides, uh, again, you think of a topic in comics, we probably did it. We were, we were, we were content mad back before that was a thing. Seven shows a week at one point. Seven shows a week. Oof. At one point. Uh, you want me to keep going? Sure. You're if you like roll. this show, you can write a review, leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, your, your pod what were they called? Podcatcher? Was that, was that the word they used? Podcatchers of choice. Better yet, uh, you know, word of mouth, tell people. Uh, social media is probably going to be how you do that. But if you, if you do it in the flesh, if you do it in person, if you do an analog recommendation, that's rad too. We like that. Uh, you, can, uh, you can be our street team, our marketing <laughs> arm, our uh, not PR. We'll handle our own PR. Um, <laughs> so that is it. Thank you for listening. Uh, I think, Connor, I think the show did its job. Yes. You think the show did its job this week, as it always does. It is, re- it is reliable, and I have to assume that if it does a job for us, it's doing the job for you that it's supposed to. See, what, what <laughs> you don't know is while you were doing that whole bit, I was just doing my dance. You, you can't see because it's audio, but right, I was doing right. my, my glow stick dance. I, I see. I thought that when you did the dance like that, you're blocking out the whole world, but you were still, you're st- well, you're a broadcasting well, professional. professional. We've been doing this for so long. I can hear it in the background. <laughs> and get right back to the chair. Yeah. Mm hmm. But in your head, it's still goosh, 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 <laughs> goosh, 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 goosh. Drop the beep. I'm just watching the, the patterns Boom. in the air from the glow sticks. I know that you think I'm going to do something with the music on this, but I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to find that music. <laughs> so, until next week, I am Connor. And I'm seeing and hearing colors, mate. <laughs> Look at it. I'm listening to dance. Music. Dance. Music. Music.